The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to Points in the Paint here on Stadium. I'm Ben Wittenstein. Zach Badger House, always in the house. We got to get. We do you, bro. first in studio guest TJ Flanagan. TJ, appreciate you joining us, and you have the honor of being the first time in studio that we have a guest. How are you? Yes, sir. Awesome. Thank you. It's a pleasure. So, oh, yeah. for people who don't know, former professional basketball player, coach, you know everything. You've seen everything there is to see in basketball. Kind of just tell us, tell the people your background, where you came from, where you played, what you do now. Absolutely. So, I am a South Side of Chicago kid. Southside. Uh, awesome. Grew up uh, way south on the south side of Chicago. Went to Morgan Park High School for a couple years. Transferred. Went to school in the suburbs. Uh, Crete Monee High School is where I graduated from. Uh, went to junior co- went the junior college route first, right? Um, the JUCO action. Yeah, late bloomer, man. Like being like I'm not this massive human back then that I was. Yeah. Now, now, you know what I, mean? like, I was. <laughs> I believe senior year of high school, I was like six, seven, 170 pounds. Wow. Ooh, and right now, so get wet. Right, right. And right now, I'm like 6'10, 270. Wow. Yeah, so I've like gained a whole nother human being you know? <laughs> in that process. Exactly. So, uh, late bloomer, went the Juco route, uh, got some looks there, D1, D2. Ultimately, went the NAI route, went to Bellevue University in Nebraska. Nice. Was a conference player of the year, All American. Wow. Went crazy. From, right. From there, Went overseas, right? I had no idea, uh, like, professional basketball was on my radio. I just always knew I wanted to play, right? Went overseas, played in Ireland, Portugal, Sweden, Switzerland. You got all the flags. Argentina, (laughs) yeah. Like, nine different countries, All the flags, yo. Yeah, eight years of doing that. Um, And then once I retired, I really didn't know what to do. It was kind of, like, abrupt. Got an injury, had to cut my career short, didn't know what to really do. So I, like, went into training. It was just an easy progression, right? So started personal training from that, started training athletes, and kind of grew from there. Um, coaching kind of just fell in my lap, to be honest. Okay. I went to catch uh, my stepdaughter in the act of ditching class one day. Walked up to the school. I work from home, so I walked to the school to catch her and just start talk, start talking to the dean. And he was like, is she good in basketball? Is she interested in that? I was like, no, not really. So he was like, yeah, well, I'm a basketball coach here, you know. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, if you ever need some help, let me know. I'm glad to help out. Oh, cool. We got tryouts next week. Come check us out. So I come in <laughs> to check him out and help him, give him some insight on what players were good, what players weren't. And uh, the first day of practice comes, and he introduces me as the coach and walks out. <laughs> so, that's that's all like Coach Carter on yeah, the right, so He, like, walks out, so I'm like, uh. Three man week, you know, like I just started running through all of the things, some basic dreams that you know and get it going. So uh, from that, we kind of progressed. Last year was a underachieving year, but again, we didn't have you know everybody in place. We didn't have the structure in place, coaching wise. This year, they got you now. We had an off season. You know, we kind of came into season prepared. We have been up and down all season with some injuries, some guys quitting, things like that. You know, high school kids. but we're 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 on a one game winning streak. We won last night, so happy about that. Oh, so awesome. that's where I'm at right now is coaching. Yeah. 
Perfect. That's great. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so much we wanted to get in you get in with you about basketball and coaching and playing. And mm-hmm. I guess the first thing to start is, you know, you've you said you played overseas, you've played a lot of basketball, a lot of different eras, a lot of different types of people that you've played with different as well. Countries, different countries, different styles. What um I guess we can get get into style wise. Like what do you see that's different in overseas basketball than when you watch the NBA here, when you coach players that are American, obviously, that live here? Mm-hmm. What are some different styles, different things that kind of differentiate international play from how we play in America? The biggest thing is the structure. Um, What do you mean by that? So every time down the court in certain countries, like we ran a set every time. Like every there was set. A there's set. no ISO. There's no, no. There's no like you know in the NBA games you're like all right Kevin Durant's on the court we're gonna isolate Kevin Durant. It was none of that. We were running sets to get a specific action every time down the court. We had a primary break we had a secondary break and once that secondary break was over we broke into whatever set was called from the sideline it's like football honestly so it was that structure for sure that's the biggest differentiator for me um at every level too you know and at the high school level i see teams that just only run motion you know they don't have any sets like we're a team that we try to incorporate some sets here and there but yeah we don't want to throw too many things at the kids because they just can't retain over, that level. Yeah, overwhelm them, yeah. Yeah, over inundate them with too much information, and they forget how to run motion. Right. You know, so <laughs> um, yeah. So the biggest difference is the structure for sure. It's not that freelance stuff. They want they want to see structure and how you can play in the system. Perfect. So that brings me to my next question: When it's as it relates to new school versus old school ball, what's been some of the things that you've seen from playing in college up until now? Just looking at maybe the NBA as an example, right? So mm-hmm. ten years ago, the NBA up until now to this point, what have you seen different that you that you've noticed? I mean, the three point shooting, right? Like that's the biggest differentiator. It's just like, but are, coming, they, are they shooting like that a lot overseas? Though did that did that come over? No, not, not really. Necessarily? Not okay. necessarily. Like it wasn't because it's an analytics thing. The reason why they're jacking up all the threes now, like oh, long three point is better than the two. You know, mm. and how do you and how, tell me how you feel about that? I TJ? don't necessarily <laughs> agree with it. I mean, you know. <laughs> the, the teams that I enjoy watching are the teams that shoot less threes, like Denver, yeah. the Lakers, uh, Minnesota, the Clippers. Those teams play a half-court game, and they're trying to get the most out of each possession. So I enjoy That's not to say I don't like watching Boston and I don't like watching uh, Indiana play because it's fun to watch, right? right? But in terms of, like, I know what's going to last, and I want to watch winning basketball. Those teams that have those sets in the half court, those are the teams that are ultimately going to win. It's no secret why the Nuggets are the defending nationals, I mean, defending NBA champions. Right. Now, Ben, yeah, yeah. you got any pushback for no, that? Listen, any, I'm any, a any pushback? I, I, I love the three-point shot. I really do, and I think it, it's made I, – I think people think it's made basketball less fun to watch or, like, you know, you don't see the fundamentals as much, which that part I kind of do agree with. And what I'm interested in, because I've heard this from some people who coach, you know, younger people who are growing up right now. Right. Do you just see these kids go out and be like, let me be Steph and let me just jack up some threes? Or do you, do you know, they're still like, obviously you work on the fundamentals, but they're more interested in threes, I'm guessing. Right. You're growing pains with coaching. Yeah. What's that like? Yeah, so, man. <laughs> Y'all had a sore spot. Y'all had a sore spot with this one. Man, it's a, it's a balance, you know, like, well, but these kids today, they just want to shoot threes, Right. But it's up to us, the coaches, to to break it down in the early stages of practice, beginning of the year, fundamentally. All right, this is what we're going to work through fundamentally. But ultimately, man, these kids have no in-between game. So, yeah. you know. Talk about that. The, the, the guy that we really want to rely on because he can do – he's a three-level scorer, right? 
he should be a three level scorer, but he only works on get either getting all the way to the rim or shooting a three. That mm. midi is non-existent. Wow. It's non-existent. Uh, you know how I feel about yeah, that midi, Ben. Listen. Long, long live the midi. If you're really good <laughs> at it, then you can do it. <laughs> and work on that in-between game. And you know, in high school, if you got a mid-range game, you're getting 20 points a game. Yeah. Like, there's so many points to get right there in between the th- three-point line, three line and the free-throw line, and they just don't understand that. It's gold there, and they mm. don't want it. You heard it first. You heard it first. Work on that, that midi. We're going to explore a little bit more on that, like my boy Ben said. And a little bit more NBA action. We're going to talk a little bit more of this or that. No cap or cap. A little bit more of that. Bit more of that. All of that and more with my man TJ up next. We are back on Points in the Paint podcast TV show. You see the guest right here, our man's TJ Flanagan. We appreciate him stopping by, getting on the show with us. Benny Boy on the, on the next mic over here. And then we got Evan on the ones and Thank twos you, still Evan. holding it down. <laughs> this time around, cap, cap or no cap. We're going to throw some things at our man's TJ. And he going to tell us whether or not that's cap. Or no cap. Now, sir, first thing first. Number one, my man's point guard. My man's TJ. I'm not TJ. Tyrese Hallenburton, best point guard in the league right now in the NBA. You tell me, sir, if that's cap or no cap. Ooh, man, that's coming in hot. Um, <laughs> that's a real hot. There are, there's a mm-hmm. lot of candidates. I mean, right now, it's hard to say it's cap. You know, John ja, ja Morant's out. Like, if, if John ja Morant was healthy, it's John ja Morant, hands down. Okay. Interesting. Um, De'Aaron Fox is struggling. Um... You know, I think the only person that really can make a strong argument is uh, Jalen Brunson. Mm. Luca, Jalen Brunson. Luca, a little bit? SGA? Yeah, well, Depends uh, if you consider Luca a true point I mean, guard. Yeah, you but know. you don't even understand. I don't know what a point guard is these days. Luca's a point guard, but yeah. He could be like Luka's a true, a point he could like a point center almost. Yeah, Luca's like a, a, a point forward. <laughs> yeah, point Luka's, forward. Luka's, point forward. Luka's yeah, six, yeah. Eight, yeah. 240. You know, like that's what about SGA? SGA is a shooting guard that's handling. He's a lead guard. Like, that's a Devin Booker. Okay. Yeah. Devin Booker's not a point right. guard. SGA's not a – they're just a lead guard. They're just a, a guard that's going to initiate and facilitate the offense. That's a little different than a point guard that's going to set the table. They're getting yeah. guys' buckets off of the attention they the attention draw. attention they draw. Exactly. It's like kind of like Dame, too. You could kind of put Dame in that type, type of conversation. Yeah, yeah, true. Dame can play, play make a lot. You know, uh, Dame is – He's just in a tough situation yeah. in Milwaukee because the ball's not in his hands as much. You think so? Yeah, I mean, Giannis is the focal point in the half court. They're going to run it through Giannis in the half court, and then Dame's going to kind of space out and, and get buckets here and there, and then the shot clock runs down. Yeah, he got to shoot point. that go-to-hell three-pointer. Okay. You know? uh, all right, we'll go cap or no cap. Boston Celtics, best team in the NBA right now. Oh, that's no cap. That's not. That's easy. That's big easy. cap coming from me. Really? Oh, big cap. Oh, bro, y'all told you, listen. I mean, listen, listen, y'all. Boston Celtics, frauds. Listen, I know they ain't oh. they ain't lost at the crib. You know what I'm saying? They undefeated at home throughout this NBA season. I feel you. I get it. They shoot a bunch of threes. They make a bunch of threes. But they living and dying by right now. And I don't seen a team like the Houston Rockets go out there in the playoffs and miss 26 straight threes. So, True. for me, I think they got to at least circle back after All-Star break and really kind of look at how they're going to win games at the end. Because I don't know, TJ, you tell me if they can really live and die on that three-point line right now. Well, that's been always my my biggest issue with them. You know, Jason Tatum, like, settling for the three-pointer. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. You're 6'10". You're an athletic freak. You can do everything on the basketball court. You don't have to settle for that. But he will tend to live and die by that. But ultimately, you got so many other weapons. You got Holiday now. Jalen Brown is always a gamer when 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 it's big games. You got Porzingis now. He's been huge, too. Derek White's been really good for them. You know, you got a lot of – Guys that can pick up the slack if the three-point ball ain't falling. 
I just feel and Boston plays great defense. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, their defense is going to be the thing that's going to win them games. Okay. In the playoffs. No, listen, I've always believed in the Celtics, but then playoffs come and they collapse. So I kind of see both sides of this because I think they can be like one of the best regular season teams in the NBA and they can play their butts off and every team gets destroyed by them. But then comes the playoffs and these teams make adjustments defensively. They finally meet their matches in terms of defensive intensity and can Tatum take a team to the finals and win? We know they can get to the finals, but do they have Jalen Brown get to get up, work on that left? Yeah, because suddenly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. force him left. Good luck. I could see a team like Miami getting a game or two, like maybe mm. taking them to a game seven. Yeah. And, you know, Jimmy Butler in a game seven, you know, you got to kind of toss up a hat and say, Possible. heads and tails. All right, New Orleans Pelicans, this team, are they the most dangerous team in the West right now? Oh, that's Big Cap. Big Cap? Big Cap. Why so? Okay, so where do I even begin? So it's pers- it's a personality thing. So when people are building teams, right, like who's who's the alpha on that team, would you say? That's a good question because that might be unknown, right? It's, that might be something yeah. that's maybe unknown. We still don't know who's You would Jones, want Zion to be. No, in fact. In a, in, a, <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a perfect world is Zion, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, it looks like B.I. is the guy that's going to be the, with the ball in his hands for right. the most part, but B.I. is kind of a laid-back personality. When Zion is fully engaged, he is that guy that's that spark plug for them. But right now, he's lazy, he's out of shape, and he's laid back. Then you got C.J. McCollum, who's a laid-back attitude. Who is that spark plug for them? Like, when you look at teams that win, right, like Aaron Gordon for the Denver Nuggets, that guy's a spark plug. You know, you have Bruce Brown coming off the bench. He's a spark plug. Who is the spark plug on the team? I don't see it. Jose Alvarado? I was about to say him, but he's not, yeah, he's, he's he's not, not good enough. Yeah, but he, you're not going to win or lose games yeah. on how, Jose, how, that's how well he that's plays. True. You know what I mean? So, But then also when you look at Minnesota, you look at OKC, you know, you look at the Nuggets. Like, eh, the West is loaded. The West is super loaded. You look at the Clippers. Like, yeah. it's where do you stop? Okay. I can't, right. I can't give it I, – I don't trust – the New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans. I don't trust. I like that. Uh, let's go back out east. You mentioned Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. You did. Um, so you put this mm. in here. Are the Miami Heat the most overrated team in the NBA right now? I say it's cap, but I understand the sentiment, right? It, every year we talk about how under the radar Miami is. Yeah. Right? And the reason we talk like that is because Jimmy Butler is – Load managing all season, and nobody ever talks about it. We talk about how Kawhi load manages, right? We talk about how the Clippers and, oh, we need to cut. Jimmy Butler is the biggest offender of load management. What That's major true. injury? I heard it here first. <laughs> what major injury has Jimmy Butler sustained in the last five, six years? Has he ever had any offseason surgeries? So why is he missing all of this time? That's a great point. I mean, no, that's yeah, a really, he good, that's a really good there. point. He just threw it I out mean, there. He's. he's he knows the team is going to be good enough, especially in kind of a weekie yeah. sometimes that they can make mm-hmm. the playoffs. Yeah, they'll so stay afloat until he gets back. That's interesting. And he gives yeah. us all, and he just tank empty by the end of the playoffs. <laughs> well, he's, he, he got the reserves built yeah. up because he missed 50 yeah. games <laughs> for no <laughs> reason. So, yeah, okay, that's fair. I guess I never thought about it like Sleep, that. Sleep giant first. Miami. Jimmy Butler out here just cruising through low management the last three to four years in the NBA. For real. <laughs> so the yeah, Clippers. One more. Do they run L.A.? In terms of basketball, cap or no cap? No cap. Ooh, no cap. Wee. I mean, what's yes. what's the head-to-head matchup looking like right now? Is it in the past five or six years? I think the Lakers have won two games or something like that. Mm. It's not even close. Yeah. I mean, aside from the bubble ring that they got, wait, wait, don't even get me started. Oh, we got one of them out here. He, <laughs> he, he put the asterisk on don't, the bubble don't, ring. Don't get me started you on got the, the AAU. Asterisk on the bubble ring. 
ring, the AAU. Don't give me the the AAU ring they got. That's crazy. But no, the Clippers have been in the class of LA for a while, if we're being completely honest, you know. Regardless of whether Kawhi and them have been hurt or not, they have still been highly competitive, and they get up for those Lakers games. They do, they do, um, and they're well coached. Tyron Lue, no, I like Tyron Lue has been. There's sounds crazy to say. I can't believe I'm about. They are pretty stable. Okay, they are pretty stable. You got a a good head coach. You got a a owner now who's willing to spend money. That arena looks great. They are the class of LA, and they're about to steal some of those fans over from the Lakers because once LeBron is done. They've got they, what who you gonna draft? You gutted all your Bronny. picks to get everybody. Yeah, go, go get Bronny. Um, Bronny gonna save the day. Bronny and AD. It's gonna be Quincy McCall coming over from. Oh uh, yeah, that's gonna be rough. I love the Lakers being like the new the new LA team because, like you said, yeah, they have consistency. Kawhi is just always so fun to watch. Is the thing yeah. he's he's so. When you talk about fundamentals and you talk about mid range. That guy is the yeah. best, the best, the cream of the crop. You you see yeah. him take a mid range, you're like, that's going in. You're surprised when it doesn't go in. Honestly, exactly. That's great. I would love the Clippers to do something like that. We're taking a break. We're playing. What are we doing? This or that? This or that? Fire. It's gonna get yeah. real fun. It's gonna get real fun, real spicy in here. So don't go nowhere. We coming right back. Welcome back. Welcome Points back. in the paint. Ben, Zach, our guest, TJ Flanagan, former uh, overseas basketball player, current coach, and uh, he's starting to convince me that the mid-range may actually be the way to go for the, uh, for the NBA, which I don't love that, but I'm, I'm being convinced. Uh, we're going to play this or that, and we're going to yes, give sir. you two options. you got to pick one or the other. Very popular on Instagram right now, so we might as well do it in person. Um, cool. We'll start with two players, this or that, LeBron or Kobe. So... We start Ooh, real tough right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. we just um, talk about the gate. I don't think it's that tough. Ooh. If we're being honest, right. it ain't that tough. If we be honest, it's LeBron. I don't know if, oh, oh, it's LeBron. Oh, yes. we, okay, he on the right I, side I, I, of history. It's, it's LeBron. It's LeBron. <laughs> right I can't think of any any metric other than ring count that Kobe outdoes big LeBron. Fast, big fan. We and have, heard we have the stats on the screen. And I'm more of a Kobe fan than a LeBron fan. That's but fair. It's, Probably because the mentality, things yeah, of that nature. Yeah, yeah. It's, his 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 style of play aligns with how I grew up. We, we grew up in the same era. Yeah. But it's LeBron. Man. I let's think you, we're both in agreement let's with that. Let's stop it. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we got CP3, Prime, CP3, Prime, Darren Williams, this or that. Whew. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love Darren Williams, man. Me too. I really love Darren Williams. I, I, I like the way his game – he could score the basketball. I got to go CP3, though. I got to go CP3. Yeah, it's so funny that you said CP because I just get a lot of people always get me on the side of that boy out of Utah, man. Hey, it's tough, man, because he could – Darren Williams could do everything, and he was a big guard, too. But CP3, he going to control the tempo of the game. Whole game. Um, Despite his shortcomings in the playoffs – I trust him down the stretch of games. I think I feel more safe with him. I, I can't remember a big game where Darren Williams just blew my socks off. Like, oh, Darren Williams took that game over. Down that <laughs> like, not any game that meant anything. Uh, okay. I like it. But that's, that's fair. Uh, let's go to the next one. Harden or Dwayne Wade? This one was real popular throughout Instagram over the course was of the past really? month. Ugh. Y'all set me up with this. <laughs> Because he going to say something. He going to be on the side of Jeff Teague and them. Because so, <laughs> I know you heard James Jeff is my, I'm a Harden fan. Yeah. Like, anybody that know me know I'm a diehard James Harden guy, right? Crazy, right? Um, <laughs> Nuts. And it's – so man, f- <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy. 
Give me James Harden. <laughs> so I'm gonna say, this, and this is the reason why. And this is the reason why, though, because and I, I didn't hear what everybody else said. But if you put, you telling me you take James Dwayne Wade off those title teams and replace him with James Harden, they don't do the same things. Defensively, I I might have to push back on the defense. Dwayne Wade defensively for sure. Did, but you had elite, you had elite rim protection. You had Shaq back there. Who's getting to the rack on Shaq? Okay, oh six. Okay. Then you had Bosch back there. You had you Fast had a, you had Birdman. You had a lot of guys on that back line that solidified that defense. So give me give me James Harden. All right, the next one: Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid. This or that. <laughs> this is a hard one. Pick the right answer. Make sure you pick the right one. We're on opposite sides. I mean, Joel Embiid told y'all who who it was. Did, mm-hmm. He he, to, yeah. he told yeah. y'all it was yeah. Jokic that was the oh, best player yes. in the world. Man, he told y'all the best player in the world. Was he told Jokic he was you, the best. What you told him? What you think he really told him in his ear though? As I was telling him out there in the bullpen, you know what he really said. He said, "I'm the one, not the two. Joel really told him, but for the camera's sake. I gotta say what I gotta say. I gotta be no, humble he, about it. He, he told him. He told him you you got this. He got a, he got a ring. Man. You can't, it's hard to argue that. <laughs> That's and, fair. You know, head to head, it really don't. They weren't even guarding each other. Smoke, they didn't even guard a little, it, a little bit. A little bit. I tell you what. The last seven minutes. Okay, the last seven minutes when they both looked at each other on the side. When they were both on the bench, they both got in the game. Yeah. You saw the last seven minutes of that game. Yeah. Who was doing what and who was doing what? Just let me know what's up. All right, just <laughs> when it matters, we're going to see what Joel oh, Embiid does. there we go. They yes, do it yes, to me every yes, time with it. We got to see it in the playoffs, If man. I go out yes. there in the park one-on-one, I'm, what's up? Who yeah, are you taking? I'm taking Embiid one-on-one, but in a team concept, okay, I'm, taking, sure. I'm taking Joker. My, my pushback to that would only be, have you seen Joel have a Jamal Murray yet? Tyrese. I mean, you could you could it's argue. Come, my, no, it's coming. You could it's, argue it's coming my, now. But I mean, he had Jimmy Butler at a point. Yeah, that's true. But who fought is that he ain't got Jimmy no more? Okay, but you had. Would you, who's better, Jimmy Butler or Jamal Murray? Would you say who's ranked higher on your list? Mm, he didn't put us on the high spot. I, don't I mean, Joel Joel Embiid. I would take Murray for what they need. I don't think I don't think you can say Joel Embiid didn't hasn't had help. He's had plenty of help. No, he's had help for sure. Jimmy for sure, but they chose Tobias over Jimmy. True. <laughs> True. So that's the that's the scary part. We'll see if that pays True, off man. this year, honestly. Mm. <laughs> no, it will. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, be, bro, get to the finals, and then everything will be copacetic. <laughs> and that's going to conclude this edition of the Points of the Pay podcast. Thank you, thank you We TJ. appreciate TJ for coming on the show. We're probably going to have him back, too, to talk maybe some all-star stuff later on this season. Who Where knows? Can, uh, but until next time, yeah, that too, though. Um, so my Twitter is uh, OG's Perspective. You can also find me on Instagram, where are you, TJ, R, and you, <laughs> like the letters, TJ, T-E-J-A-Y. For sure. Yep. Oh, yeah. Keep it copacetic. You're going to be back, and there you have it.